Well, here we are. Another year has come and gone. 2022 has arrived. You know, I was thinking as, as we end another year and start anew and afresh, <clears throat> there's sort of always this eagerness to do things better in this new season. Better than maybe we did it in 2021. New Year's resolutions, right, promises, dreams for another 365 days of success, high expectations, detailed plans and calendars on how we'll rise above the clouds, right? How we'll stay atop the mountain this year. Dreams and visions of what might be, what could be, right? If we just try a little harder, run a little faster, stay the course a little longer than we did last year. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with shooting for the stars. There's nothing wrong with goals and aspirations. We'd all agree that they're noble. It's noble to do your best at things. It's noble to work at things with all of your heart. To strive to be a better husband, a, a better wife, a better employee, a better daughter, a better son, a better friend, a better neighbor. No one would disagree that we should strive to do those things. In fact, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not man. And yet, in these dreams and aspirations of all that this year might hold, there's this stark reality, isn't it? It's like this daily reminder, this monthly reality of regret. I'll be 47 this Friday. And no matter how hard I've tried, I, I've never put all the arrows in the bullseye. Not one time. Not one year. Not one day. Not one week. Not one month. Never. You know, if you look at the scriptures, there's a lot of starting over. <laughs> you know, you have Genesis and God creates the world in perfection. Adam and Eve mess it up, right? And then you get to Noah and the flood, and it's going to be a new start. It's going to be a new day, right? God puts Noah on the boat, saves him and his family, and I'll be Noah gets off the boat falls into some kind of drunken stupor and something that's untold happens between him and his son. Moses atop Mount Sinai, right? The God of the universe appears to him. The people, are we going to follow the Lord? And I'll be. He doesn't even make it down the mountains with the Ten Commandments and the people have already built an idol. There's a lot of new starts in the Bible. Think about Joshua crossing over into the promised land. <laughs> and it's not long. And God's people have already turned to the ways of the pagans. 
You know, each year I set this pace in January, and somehow by August I'm sort of at a snail's pace of disappointments. Relationships that I vowed to strengthen have some way become more fragile. Words I promised never to speak again spilled over into a frequency that soon became a waterfall of regrets and disappointments. The truth being known, we reside in a world of regrets, right? Words said that we wish we hadn't said. Places gone that we wish we had not gone. People seen or not seen. Things taken or not taken. Decisions made or not made. And no matter how many new starts we get in this world, regrets sort of like the rain here in Mobile, right? <laughs> it's coming. There's a few different responses to, to this. You know, some of us are this like, we're just going to buckle down and we're going to make it happen this year. Like, we're not going to give up. Like, we're, we're Rudy, right? No matter how many times we get plowed under, knocked down, we're going to get up. Next year, we're going to fill that bullseye up. But then there's others who just sort of dismiss this failure as, man, you know what? This is just a part of the human race and it's not a big deal. And then there's those of us who just sort of fall in despair, right? We've lived long enough. We realize the world's sort of semi-charm, and so we're just like, the heck with it. But the question is posed is how, how might we experience the light load and the easy yoke, the rest that Jesus has for us in this fallen world? In a world full of grief and regret and disappointments, how might we experience the salvation that Christ has promised us? In other words, how, how do we keep regret from stockpiling up each year until we're crushed under its weight? Right? How do we stay on top of the crashing waves? It's what Hebrews 12, 1 and 3 is all about. How do we lay aside the weight and the sin that keeps dragging us to the bottom? How do we do that? How do we lay aside the sin that clings so closely, that is so constantly and continuously with us and run the race that is set before us? Like, what does that look like in 2022? What does that look like if you live to be 89 or 90 years old, right? There's, there's a lot of regrets when you live to be that long. So how, how do you deal with that as a Christian? How do we, what does Jesus give us? In other words, how do we find our buoyancy in this raging sea of regrets that we call earth? Listen at 2 Corinthians 7, 10. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret. So there's this godly grief that produces in us a repentance that leads to this salvation. And in this salvation, there's no regrets. Man, that sounds good, doesn't it? Is that true? Is there, is there a salvation? Is, is there something out there where there's no regrets? 
goes on, whereas worldly grief or worldly sorrow only produces death. So there's godly grief that produces a salvation that's without regret. And then there's worldly grief or this grief for just getting caught or maybe people know about your sin or maybe they know about your faults. But there's no real repentance and that leads to death. Could it really be true that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose? Could it be that we serve a God who offers a salvation that no matter the regret, it can get washed away to where it's no regret anymore? You see, God knows that we need warm fires in the blizzard of a fallen world. He knows that. He knows that we need a drink of water in a parched land. Like God knows where we live. And so in the Bible, in God's word, he gives his people encouragement. And sometimes he does this through annual celebrations in the Old Testament. Sometimes he does this through feasts and festivals. He sets up these things called stones of remembrance and stories and signs and seals and songs and promises and weekly worship services to sort of rekindle the fires of hope in a world full of regret. You know that's the reason God gives us Sunday worship every week is to rekindle the fires, to reawaken our hearts to the salvation where there is no regret. And there's a few passages in the scripture, a lot of passages in the scripture, but especially this one in Micah 7, 7 through 9. He'll give us these key passages in his word so it fills our sails with hope, longing for that salvation where there is no regret. So let's read the passage together. Would you stand as we hear from God's word? It's Micah 7, verses 7 through 9. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out into the light, and I shall look upon his vindication. And I'll go ahead and read 10. Then my enemy will see, and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? You may be seated. We'll just start here in verse 7. It says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. You know, there will be a lot of places in 2022 that you can look to deal with your regret, to deal with your failures. There will be a lot of places that you can look, but in this particular passage it says, I will look to the Lord. And it's not just a momentary look. It's not just a one-time look. It's a continually fixing our eyes upon Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. 
And I will not only look to the Lord, but I will wait for the God of my salvation. If you don't know much about waiting in America, right? We sort of get things very quickly, but God's people understood waiting in the Old Testament. Where will we look in 2022 to deal with our failures and our regret? We look to the Lord, we wait for the God of our salvation, the salvation that washes away regret. We'll be still and know that God can be trusted. It goes on to say, my God will hear me. So there's this confidence that God gives us in this verse. There's this confidence that God gives us in this passage that if we will look to Him, if we will wait for Him, He will hear us. He will bring about this salvation without regret. Listen to Hosea 6, 1 through 3. It sort of captures this idea. It says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us, that we may live in His presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Do we know anything about waiting on the Lord like that? The God who cannot lie and who does not change his mind promises that he always shows up. He always shows up when there's no hope. He always shows up when there's lots of failure. He always shows up when regret gets so heavy that you're like, I can't swim anymore. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and he will do it. Where are we going to look to church in 2022? You're going to look to your job, right? Maybe another promotion. Is that what you're going to look to to deal with your regret and your failure? You're going to look to the God of your salvation. Are you going to wait for the Lord and know that He hears, that He sees, that He knows that you and I can't get it done? Verse 8, there has to be this humble honesty, though. There has to be this humble honesty of the state of my humanity. Listen at verse 8. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I will rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Do we realize that in the world there's always an undertow? Do we as Christians realize that there's always an undertow? There's always an enemy. 
the flesh, the world, the devil, do we recognize the principalities and the powers that long to remind you of your regret and your failure? That long to remind you that you can't get it done? Are we this honest? Look at the verse. It says, not, not if I fall in 2022, but it's when I fall. When I fall, I will rise. So as Christians, right, we can be honest. We can be honest that we're not going to hit the bullseye this year every time. In fact, we're going to miss the target a whole lot. But when we fall, we will rise. My failure will not have the final word as a believer. Just as death did not have the final word over Christ. But not only will I fall, but it says when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light for me. So not only will there be failure in 2022, but there will be suffering like we live in a world of suffering. We live in a world of pain. We live in a world where our loved ones die. People get killed in car wrecks. We live in a fallen, broken world. And so it's not if we're going to sit in darkness in 2022. It's just a matter of when. But again, it's not a, it's not a hopelessness. It's not a hopeless falling, right? Because we know that we will rise because of Christ. It's not a hopeless sitting in darkness and sitting in suffering because we know that the Lord will be a light to me. We know that for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You see, even in creation, in the chaotic, void, formless waters of the chaos... Right, The God in the light of the world showed up and brought order out of darkness. Do you believe that God will do that for you this year, Christian? Will your focus in 2022, church, will it be how will I keep myself from falling? How will I avoid the darkness of suffering and regret and grief? Or will your focus be, when these things come, where will I flee? Where will I plant my feet when they arrive? Will I fix up my eyes upon the Lord and wait for Him to show up? When I fall, will I beat myself up in condemnation and in pride, pick myself up by my bootstraps and say, I'll get it done next time? Or will I humbly and honestly say, this will not be the last fall. This will not be the last time I sit in darkness. But the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord has made a way for me to live without regret. This kind of honesty, this kind of hope, cannot be found in the systems of the world. 
but only through God, only through his resurrection, only through his redemption and restoration. Because of Jesus, he is the only person who can transform and wash away our regret or who can take regret and make it non-regret. So not only do we have to have a confidence that the Lord is going to show up and not only do we have to have a humble honesty about who we are as a fallen people, but in verse 9 we have to own our sin. We have to own our failures. We have to own our brokenness. It says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out into the light and I shall look upon his vindication. See, we can either own it or we can be like Adam and Eve and begin to blame shift and excuse make about our sin. We can lighten and trivialize our sin or we can let the weight and the heaviness and the burden of our sin weigh on us. Are you willing to bear the indignation of your sin, church? Are we willing to come up under the weight of what it means to offend and sin against a holy God? I have sinned against him. But listen at this next word. It says, until. I will bear the indignation of the Lord until. Until he pleads my case. It's like the Lord is your defense lawyer. It's like Jesus is at the right hand of the Father saying, I've already paid for that sin, Father. I've already bore the weight and cost of that indignation. I've already suffered under the righteous wrath of your hand for that one. And not only does he come to our defense and plead our case, but he also executes judgment or justice for me. What kind of God does that? What kind of holy and righteous God that is sinned against by his creation, hung on a cross, comes and pleads on their behalf, comes and provides and executes justice for them by dying in their place. I have sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes judgment for me. Then he will bring me out to the light and I shall look upon his vindication. You see, as sinners, we cannot have relationship with God. As those who are under his wrath, there is no way to be in relationship with God until the Lord executes judgment for us, which is what he did at the cross which is what he did by giving his son. 
And now that Christ has executed judgment for us, we are able to look upon the righteous standard of God. We shall look upon His vindication, or we should look upon God's standard. We can look upon God's righteousness because Christ has made a way for us to be right with God. So you see, church, in 2022, you don't have to hide and make excuses for your failures, for your sin, for your regret. All you have to do is fix your eyes upon Jesus, wait upon the Lord, be honest about your sin and your brokenness, be willing to sit in the darkness and the suffering of this world, trusting that Jesus, just like he showed up at Calvary, will show up again and bring about a salvation for you that leaves no regret. When Jesus comes again, or when you stand before God's throne, there will be no regret, church. I love verse 10. Then my enemy will see, and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? You know, one of the things we fail to do sometimes as God's people and it really paints a wrong picture of salvation to the world is the world often thinks that Christians should be a perfect people and we certainly should be different and set apart but I think the world would understand our hope more if we would enter into each year not saying I'm not going to fail this year Not saying that I'm going to rise above the clouds, but yet saying, hey, this year I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall and I'm going to have to sit in some darkness. But let me tell you the hope that I have when those failures come. Let me tell you the hope that I have when that darkness comes upon me and it's so heavy and it's so thick that I think it's going to kill me. Church, that's the message that we have for the world that we live in. That's the message that we have for Mobile, Alabama. It's a salvation that comes from the Lord that leaves no regret. So in 2022, let's all encourage one another to fix our eyes upon Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, not wavering, but trusting that he will show up again and again and again. And he will finish the work that he began in me and you and all who have put their trust in Christ. For there is no regret in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. God, we are a people who cannot get it done. We are a people who continually again and again try to start afresh and anew and yet find ourselves back down at the bottom of the hill and Lord you're continually trying to get us to see and understand that if we would just stop 
and fix our eyes upon the Lord and wait upon the Lord that you would show up in a mighty way, that you would reach down in grace and mercy and kindness and pick us up and clean us up. Oh God, there is a hard thing about grace that we as people are so quick to to forget your goodness and your grace and your kindness. God, would you help us to continually look to Christ this year? Would you continually help us to realize that we have a salvation where regret has no power over us? Because Christ has paid for all the regret. and He has given us His righteousness and we have full rights as sons All of God's promises are yes to us in Christ Jesus. And none of our enemies will have the last laugh. None of our enemies will stand over us at death or will stand over us when we're suffering with cancer and say that they have won. For Lord, you always show up. And we thank you that you see us, that you know us, And yet you loved us with the love of Christ Jesus, your Son, given for us and for our sin. In Jesus' name, amen.